You're listening to Compassion Radio 360. Good morning and welcome to Compassion Radio's 360 program. This is how we wrap up the end of the week. Sandy, welcome back to the microphone. Hello, it's good to be back. We try to pick some stories from the news that are interesting, maybe inspiring, heartlifting, sometimes disturbing or troubling, but all hopefully telling the truth. And then we dig a little bit deeper than that to try to find some kind of truth that's actually on the spiritual level. And this one is not a hard shift into spiritual lessons because it's like literally a visual of a scripture that we probably all heard as kids in Sunday school. I will let you introduce this particular video that we have a clip for and available as a link on our website. So if you want to see the video that inspired this discussion, just go to CompassionRadio.com and check out today's 360 broadcast. Psalm 91.4 says, Like a bird protecting its young, God will cover you with his feathers. He will protect you under his great wings. His faithfulness will form a shield around you, a rock-solid wall to protect you. Now, usually we would pivot to a scripture sometime later in the program after we've told the story, Mm -hmm. but this is literally the story of this video. (laughs) Here we have a picture of what looks like a mother hawk or something in her nest. It's not a chicken. But it's a bird of prey. So there's a bit of a shift here, I think, in perspective. Because these are the birds that would be on the attack most of the time. And these are aggressive birds. They actually feed their young by cleaning up the field below them. But at the same time, it's a bird. It has the same kind of instincts built into it. And I want to talk a little bit about instincts today. In the video, we see this mother hovering over her eggs when a squall stirs up, the skies go dark, and suddenly... It's raining hard, and then it's not just raining. Not long after all this dark sky descends and all this rain starts, then the hail begins in earnest. And then pretty soon we see this osprey getting hammered by this hail, and it's not a pretty picture. I was kind of concerned about actually watching it all the way to the end that perhaps somebody didn't make it through this episode. Mm. But the story makes it clear that everyone survived the encounter. But it still looks pretty brutal. This bird is hovering over her eggs and staying put in the middle of an outrageous storm. Mm -hmm. And somehow they all survive it. Yeah, I think it's a beautiful picture of what the scripture tells us God does for us and how he covers us with his wings. Who knows the kind of things we might face if we didn't enjoy the protection of the Lord in so many areas. I think it's worth noting that this is how God shows us his character. This is a beautiful picture of God showing off for us and showing us how he loves us. It's a picture in nature Mm -hmm. that represents what God does, who God is, and how he cares for us through the storms. And it's not exactly a pretty picture in this case. I mean, you see a real animal in the camera getting hammered. And I haven't thought a whole lot about God actually getting hammered on our behalf. Mm. But when we look at the cross and what Jesus did for us and how he perceives himself when he describes himself to his own disciples and those who watched his ministry unfold, he likens himself to that kind of protector. Not one that's going to come away unscathed, Mm -hmm. but one who is committed to the long haul, to the end of the story, to the long narrative that says all things will be made new. And Jesus is making things new day by day. And sometimes the newest thing in our lives is a bruise. (laughs) And if God's willing to take the hits for us, what does that mean about what we're supposed to be willing to do for others? 
And how do we emulate God's character, his nature? And in this case, maybe God's instincts. Mm. Does God himself have instincts? I want to explore that for a minute. Yeah. Well, that's a good question. I think absolutely God has instincts because scripture tells us that we are created in God's image. And there are things that we do as human beings instinctively, ways that we protect ourselves, take care of ourselves, take care of our fellow man, especially our children or young ones. I think those are built-in instincts that come directly from God, from the heart of God, because He knows the value of protecting those who can't protect themselves. Another thing that you said, honey, struck a chord with me, the invitation into suffering. Mm. It's not specifically what you said, but you talked about Jesus being that example for us and how in Isaiah, Scripture tells us that He is wounded on our behalf. He took stripes. By His stripes, we are healed. There's so many Scriptures that reflect to things like that. This mother, Osprey, is showing us by example, whether she means to show us or not, that this is the heart of God to protect those who cannot protect themselves. God's heart is to protect those who are in the onslaught Mm. and the hail that's coming down. He covers us. Another thing I see in this particular imagery is that God is in this to be with us in whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. This osprey, of course, is not omniscient, is not omnipresent. It doesn't see the storm coming. But when it comes, where else is it going to go? Its whole purpose in life is to bring about new life. And it's literally sitting upon the future of its species. If it doesn't survive, if these eggs don't survive, the lineage dies out. Mm -hmm. So the idea of having a legacy of going from this point forward requires that something sacrificial would happen so that somebody can survive this to go on. Mm Speaking about spiritual legacies, the idea of having a story that survives the onslaught, like you put it, the thing we can't control, the powers that are beyond us, and being able to have a story of God's provision or redemption afterwards is part of his mission to all time, through all peoples, in every situation, every culture. And we think about ourselves being part of a great commission. Our job is to commit ourselves to do the things and go be the things for the world that God said to be so that the world can, in fact, experience his redeeming qualities, his ability to make all things new, where there seemed to be only death before. Mm -hmm. He's calling us into that lifestyle of being willing to sacrifice, but with an end in mind. And it's not just about winning converts or building churches or establishing our kingdom on this earth, Mm -hmm. but to be his kingdom wherever we are and to show the eternality of it, the idea of us being eternally involved with God's purposes and his presence, Mm -hmm. that because we're in the nest and we've chosen to be close to him, his wings already cover us. And we know his presence at times because we literally feel the hail bouncing off of him and not us Mm. because he's right there with us. Well, and this mother Osprey is protecting the next generation, like you said, who will then in turn grow up and do the same thing. Now, inside the egg, they don't know that their mother is protecting them. Oftentimes, we don't maybe know that God is protecting us because we can feel, like you said, we can feel that pounding of the hailstorms as they hit the wings that are covering us. And so we don't really understand until we hatch, until we learn the teachings of Jesus, until we begin to pour that into our lives and pour it out of our lives to others to do the work of the kingdom. 
And then we become like that by example of God, like that Mother Osprey, to cover those around us who are less fortunate, who are not at a place of understanding of God's love for them. I love how in the book of Ruth, this scripture came to me and I looked it up and it says, May the Lord reward you for what you have done. And may you receive a full reward from the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you have come for refuge. Mm -hmm. This is what's being spoken over Ruth because she has been so giving and generous and helpful to her mother-in-law, Naomi. She provided wings to cover her mother-in-law. Exactly. The whole story of Ruth, if we really break it down and see what's really going on, it's not just a love story of God providing for David's great-grandmother to exist, but it's a story of how God moves through those he's going to move through in order to save those he intends to save. Mm -hmm. And this is a flipped on its back kind of story because Ruth is not an Israelite. She's a refugee. She's a refugee and she is the other. She's the looked down upon. Mm -hmm. She is the outcast. And yet she's going to become a hero of faith and of obedience to the God of Israel. Mm -hmm. It's not her God yet. But she chooses to go with Naomi back to that country and to honor her God and to give her life wholly to it. She had nothing left behind her to go back to. So in her mind, she was being drawn forward into the great unknown. And she obeyed that calling, even though she had no idea what form it would take. But if she's going to die in the desert, die in the desert. I've got nothing left to go back to. She was desperate. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, she became a savior. She saved her mother-in-law from certain death in the desert. And as a result of that, God rewarded her with a family and a future and becoming a literal saint to many generations. And her book, her story, being put right there in the heart of the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. It is an amazing story to me because she's being honored for being a, quote, Messiah in that she provided a way of escape. She was the redeemer first before Boaz even became her redeemer under the law Mm -hmm. in Israel. I think that's a marvelous story. Yeah, She took on the mantle, not even knowing what it would require of her, but God did, because this is who God is. As we said earlier, if God's got instincts, it's to save. Mm-hmm. And when he builds that spiritual DNA into us, that can become our instinct. Our prime response to any situation would be, let us be instruments of peace. Mm-hmm. Let us be generosity. Let us be grace. Let us be all the fruits of the Spirit that are mentioned throughout Old and New Testaments and say, this is who God, Holy Spirit, may you make it real in me. Mm, yeah. And if we're praying that way, we find ourselves in circumstances where we end up doing, quote, the impossible, things that we never thought we would ever think of doing before or ever thought we would possibly be able to be successful at. Mm-hmm. We find ourselves right in the middle of it because God's right in the middle of all these things, too. Whether getting Bibles into closed countries, relief supplies into dangerous refugee camps, or providing training and theology books to barefoot pastors as they begin their ministry, these are all the kind of things we love to share with you every day. And more importantly, they're the kind of things we like to do. Will you help us get ready for the next big faith challenges and opportunities of this year? Your gift today will provide the means for us to begin some new initiatives with our Bible and Relief Partners that reach farther than we've ever gone before. Here's how. The first and best way to reach us is through our website, CompassionRadio.com. It's available 24-7. Our safe and secure order form there will get your gift to the places needed most and we'll do it right away. You can also support us with a call during Pacific Time business hours at 1-800-868-2478. That's 1-800-868-2478. 
You can also text COMPASSION to 53445 to give right through your phone, no matter where you are. And note our new mailing address, which is P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Again, that's Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. However you give, we'd love to hear more about why you believe in Compassion Radio. We so much value your messages and letters. And know this, your gift is deeply appreciated. Thank you for loving us in this way. We find ourselves in circumstances where we end up doing, quote, the impossible. Things that we never thought we would ever think of doing before or ever thought we would possibly be able to be successful at. Mm -hmm. We find ourselves right in the middle of it because God's right in the middle of all these things, too. Well, when you ask God, what do you want me to know? Mm -hmm. How do you want me to behave? How should I respond? When you truly ask him those questions and truly listen for his response, it is always going to be to serve, to help, to protect, and to love. It is always going to be to love. That is his prime directive. Right. We're shown that through nature. We're shown that through this video of this mother osprey with her chicks. We're shown that all kinds of ways through nature and how nature protects itself and how the animals protect their young and how they band together. And I think that is a good way for God to say to us, take my example shown to you through these creatures that I've created. Mm-hmm. I built it into them. It's instinctual for them. She did not question one second whether or not she would protect her eggs. Yeah. She just did it. And as a mother, I can say, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. I remember when our oldest was very little and you were playing softball for our church team and someone hit a pop fly and it came up over the backstop and it looked like it was heading right for us. She was an infant in my arms, and I didn't know which way to go one way or the other. And a woman sitting next to me, who was a grandmother, mm-hmm. threw herself over me and our daughter. The ball thankfully hit the ground, didn't hit her. I was so grateful for that. But it was such a split-second decision for her. I don't think she even thought about it. Yeah. She just did it. Obviously, 27, 28 years later, had a profound impact on me. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's the kind of person I want to be, period. Not just the kind of mom I want to be, but the Mm -hmm. kind of person I want to be. Am I going to throw myself in harm's way to protect someone? Now, within reason, obviously, you want to be wise and careful. But the instinct was there. It was just in her to protect and to cover. And I think God built that into her. And God does build these kind of things into us if we are willing. Now, I do want to make a pivot And this to another scripture about Jesus himself talking about this imagery. And he's saying this to the crowd before he's getting ready for his final march on Jerusalem, you might say. He's getting ready for what he knows is coming during the Passion Week. And in Luke 13 and Matthew 23, the story comes out like this. The Pharisees are telling him, you better get out of here because Herod is plotting your murder. And Jesus says, well, you can give that sly fox this message. Watch as I cast out demons and perform healings today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I'll reach my destination. But for today and tomorrow and the next day, I will have to continue my journey. For no prophet should perish outside of Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you kill the prophets and you stone the messengers who are sent to you. How often I wanted to gather in your children as a hen gathers in her chicks under her wings. But you were not willing to come to me. 
Look now, your house is abandoned and empty. You won't see me until you welcome me with the words of the Psalms. Quote, anyone who comes in the name of the Eternal One will be blessed. There is a lot of story wrapped up in those mm-hmm. two sentences. Yeah. Now, Jesus, of course, is talking figuratively about how God covers his people. But he's also talking about the kind of people that need protection. In this case, Jesus is not just talking about the average person on the street who's afraid. He's talking about those that God has ordained for specific ministries, for purposes on this planet, and they know what they're about. And they take the hits. Mm. Those kind of people that serve him, are faithful to him, are in danger, is what Jesus is saying. Mm -hmm. And I'm willing to throw myself over all of you, especially those who do my work, who are called by my name. And we've seen that everywhere we go in this world, that for people like this, we see Jesus throwing himself over them. Mm-hmm. And these are people who are willing to lay down their lives, and they do on a regular basis. And some have paid with their lives because they've been obedient to the call to protect others and to not abandon their faith. And I'm not just talking about persecution for believing something. I'm talking about those who realize that if I don't step up and become protection or stand for these people, no one will. And they'll suffer the consequence of someone else's hate and my negligence. And they know that. Mm -hmm. And so they step in to protect the rights of people that don't even believe like they do, who don't even worship like they do. They will step in the middle of people that are vilified by the rest of their country or their society. Mm -hmm. And they will stand for them because Jesus stands for those who are oppressed. And they've seen that in the scriptures and they live that in real life. Yeah, I've heard comments by some people who who are on the front lines like this that say silence in the face of oppression is complicit, you know, with the oppressors. And so it's important for us to determine where can we speak out and speak up? Where can we spread our wings to cover those who are being injured and oppressed, abused, marginalized? What is our calling? Yeah. Well, Jesus is also talking about those who are willing and unwilling in the scripture. How much I long to protect all of you, and still you run away from me. There's only so much a mother hen can do to gather in all of her chicks. What are you going to do when the hail starts hitting? Well, in the case of this osprey in this video, all of the children, the chicks, are potential. They're not even actual chicks yet. They're eggs in the nest. So they have absolutely no choice whatsoever to run away or to run to or from their mother. They are going to be protected because her instincts are pre-birth, and she's just covering them that way. But there comes a time when we all wake up spiritually in some ways and make decisions. Do we, in fact, believe that God wants to cover us, and to what end? Mm -hmm. And we have to decide whether or not the Word of God is speaking to us in a way that is compelling, that convinces us that we should be under His covering, or are we really completely on our own? And if so, our consequences are completely our own fault, and there's no hope for us. Mm. We do make decisions. So even as little chicks, we have to decide whether or not we feel safe or we'll treat God as safe, or whether or not we feel like we know better, Mm. we need to run from him. And Jesus is saying all along, I just wish you'd understand how much my love for you is willing to sacrifice and how much it is going to sacrifice. At that point, it's about deciding to trust. It is. And we make that decision every single day, don't we? There could be some temptations to be pulled away from the kind of covering that God wants to put over us. The other thing I should say as we close out here is that the kind of covering that we're talking about, the spiritual covering of God, His love for us, His enjoyment of us, His exuberance for us, 
is not based upon our performance for him or on only him and not us. There's like two polar opposites the way people think about sin and being righteous. Either we have to do it all ourselves or God does all of it and we're not involved at all. When Jesus calls these chicks to get under his wings, it is a conversation. Mm -hmm. He is calling to those who would come to him that he wants to be under his wings because he wants to love them and be close to them and let them understand by the proximity, by touching him directly, how much he loves them. But we still have to participate. Mm -hmm. And for those of us who have been raised in a very legalistic background, we think that we're not worthy of anything. We don't have any part to play in this. We become incapacitated. We don't even try to draw near to God because we're not, quote, worthy to come near him. And the question has never been about worthiness. It's been about what God sees in us of worth. We are valuable to God because we exist, not because we have been proven wrong and therefore desperate for him, and therefore we can't make any decisions on our own. It's all him. Mm -hmm. Or because we have tried to overcome all of our shortcomings and become God's ourselves by becoming perfect. Both those extremes are completely erroneous to real relationship, I think. Yeah. So when God calls us to him, we have a choice to make, and there's real blessings in that because we understand how much we mean to him because we are. Mm. Those eggs this osprey is shielding are going to become full-fledged ospreys, doing <laughs> what ospreys are born to do. They're going to keep the fields clear of mice or something. I don't know what their prime objective is going to be, but they will live life as ospreys are intended to live. Are we willing to let God bring us through things we don't understand so that we can become the people he intended for us to be all along and that we have the potential to become all through this life and be able to go back to him and say, ah, I get it now. This is what you made me for. I'm so glad I'm here. I'm so glad you've made me. Mm-hmm. Will we come to the point of that kind of ascent of gratitude to his sovereignty and accept our position as children of his by invitation? Are we going to say, yeah, I want to be not just called the son of God. I want to actually live like one. I want to know what that really means. I want to know what it means to live up to that and show others how to do this too. If so, then we will have, I think, accomplished the great commission and the great commandment. We will have loved God with our hearts, mind, soul, and strength and love our neighbors as ourselves, and we've also brought that message of dedication and relationship to the entire world. Mm -hmm. What else is there to do to accomplish those objectives than that? I don't know that there really is other things to do. Scripture tells us to abide in Him, to love Him, to love others, to bring others to Him. That's our prime directives. Mm -hmm. Obeying those commands or following those directives is up to us. Yeah, And by the power of the Holy Spirit to follow through. Yes. So that's our invitation, friends, and that's our Fashion Radio 360 for this week. Again, we invite you to check out the video that inspired this story by going to CompassionRadio.com and checking our Compassion Radio 360 archive. We'll see you next Monday for the next Compassion Radio Chasing the Word. What kind of love is this that gives his son that bears the
Whether getting Bibles into closed countries, relief supplies into dangerous refugee camps, or providing training and theology books to barefoot pastors as they begin their ministry, these are all the kind of things we love to share with you every day. And more importantly, they're the kind of things we like to do. So call us today at 1-800-868-2478. And note our new mailing address, which is P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Again, that's Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Or give online at CompassionRadio.com. We need you, friend, so contact us today.